Happy Tuesday, Orange fans. Hope you're staying healthy. Hope you're staying happy in your homes right now. I, I, I'm losing track of the days. When it, when I said Tuesday there, I was hesitating because I don't know what the days <laughs> are anymore, Tim. I've gotten to that point now, but we're hanging in there. We're still giving you fresh content every single day here on the Locked on Syracuse podcast, the only place for daily Syracuse Orange podcast. So lots to get to today. We're going to dive into the transfer market a little bit. We're going to talk tomorrow with James Zuba on the whole state of the program. And hey, we might even talk to him Thursday. We'll see how long our interview goes with him. Because yeah, I'm excited for that. That's Yeah, we're, we're scheduled to tape that later on tonight. So we're looking forward to all of that. Today is going to be a pretty healthy transfer podcast, though. So let, let's just get right into it because there are a number of names in this transfer portal. And right now, Syracuse is looking to fill some holes because Matthew Gutierrez wrote his article yesterday about Elijah Hughes. He got off the phone with him. Seems like Hughes is on the brink of signing an agent. He's leaving the door open to coming back to Syracuse, but probably unlikely. We also highlighted this on the Monday podcast as well, basically saying we're not that optimistic that he's going to come back. And the fact that it's just... I mean, there's no reason for him to come back because this is kind of the best chance he's going to have to really live out this dream and and get drafted to the NBA because who knows, there might be, with everything up in the air with the draft process right now, there might be a huge flood of names that go into the 2021 draft. So that that's a whole other conversation. If you missed that, check out the Monday edition of the podcast. Anyway, should this Syracuse team add? Will they add? That's kind of the question right now. I think and I think there's different answers to those two questions. Yeah. Should they add? I think you and I are both on the page of, yes, they should add. But will they add? I don't know if they will. Because when you look at what's happened with this roster over this past offseason, it's really been complete overhaul, but also not at the same time. Because you're bringing back four of your five starters and the guy you're slotting in to the starting lineup is going to be the guy that you thought was going to be a starter for you at some point in his Syracuse career. So there's Absolutely. change certainly on the horizon, but it doesn't feel like there's going to be a lot of unfamiliar names on this roster heading into next season. No, honestly, I'm kind of in the camp that, like, should they add someone? Maybe, because why not, right? There's not much to lose in that regard, but... I really don't think there's any shot they add someone here. I think the only position that you can make a case they need to add someone is at the guard spot. And some people listening are saying, like, what about the center and why wouldn't they add someone? Well, Bayheim's only going to play seven or eight guys, and they've already got ten here that are kind of in your quote-unquote rotation, at least by my count. So considering that, if you're looking for someone who can play immediately next year, now that's a big question is they're going to vote on this and maybe why the transfer portal is so robust this year is because like a lot of people, there's there's talk that there's going to be no sit-out transfers anymore and we'll know more on that in a month. So that could change some things, but if you're looking for an immediately eligible player, you're probably looking at the guard spot and I don't really see anyone out there that is going to contribute and be guaranteed playing time like it was a good idea to bring in Geno Thorpe and then you know he leaves because he doesn't get the playing time and that's what determines where these transfers go so much so there is really nothing to lose by adding someone but 
I really don't see a player that fits their needs specifically and is better than what left Syracuse, meaning Jalen Carey and Goodine and Washington. I mean, you look at the transfer portal and the guards list, two of the top 11 players are Syracuse players. They're Goodine and Carey, who were inside the top 11 on ESPN, and they left because they thought they weren't going to get playing time. So who are you going to add that is actually going to crack this rotation? Yeah, that's the interesting thing that you bring up is the playing time, because yeah, Syracuse is an attractive location and stuff like that in terms of uh, a big-name coach, big-name program, you play in the ACC. Like They check the boxes of anything that a recruit wants in a program, pretty much. But the one box that they may not check is the playing time. And that ultimately is going to determine a lot of whether or not these guys end up coming to Syracuse. Is, are they going to have to fight for it? I mean, you look at... I mean, think about in the NFL with free agency you you hear all this stuff and Teddy Bridgewater is he going to go to the Bears is he going to go to the Panthers well if you're going to put him in a quarterback competition somewhere why would he do that why why wouldn't he go to the Panthers where they've said they're going to move on from Cam Newton and you're going to bring in Teddy Bridgewater to come and be the starter right away be the guy that's what these guys want they want to go in and be the guy there's a reason they're leaving their schools it's because they weren't the guy like why didn't Bryson Goodine and Jalen Carey come back. They weren't playing. So they, they've been told their entire life, and the, the teams that they've played on their entire lives, they've been the guys. And when that's not the case anymore, when you're, you're, in a, you're the small fish in the big pond once again, that's when things change, and that's when you want a, a whole se- a change of scenery too. So that's certainly the interesting thing to monitor. And with Syracuse, I mean, there is no track record really of – your guaranteed playing time. I mean, you can say what yeah. you want. I mean, John Gillen and Andrew White, but they earned their playing time. And and quite frankly, I mean, there was no one behind them that really threatened. I know Frank Howard started the year, but John Gillen just proved to be the better player. Maybe not defensively, but offensively, he gave that team a spark, and that was a really offensively dominant team as well. So they 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 earned their spots. And yeah that's something that I don't think is going to be as attractive in the market because the playing time simply is not going to be there for some of these guards and you want to add a guard sure but it's going to be tough especially if you get a grad transfer guard like you think like the big name right now on the the market is Justin Turner out of Bowling Green State who just put his name in the portal and then within an hour I think he had like 30 schools already talked to him about coming because he's worth in Syracuse I don't but- right Outside of him, I don't think Syracuse don't was many. on that list. Yeah, and the thing is, is the guard position is pretty much where you're set right now. Is it? I but mean, at I, least in the starting rotation. Yeah, I mean, but who, to me, I think, I think guard is the only position you contemplate adding. Like, I know they're after, and we'll talk about some of the centers and forwards. Now, maybe I phrased that wrong. Like, you, you might no, want to No, I think you phrased it right. I mean, it's interesting because guard is the position that you need, right? But how are you going to sell someone on coming in and saying, okay, you're going to be a backup guard? Yeah, that's what that's I'm... That's such so a tough sell. Like, this team need needs bodies. You need a backup bodies. point guard, but I don't see anyone in this portal that's going to come to Syracuse to be a backup point guard and be better than Richmond or be better than Jalen Carrier, what they already had there. Like, I, it, it's a tough situation because if Joe Girard gets hurt, they're screwed next year. I mean, that a backup point guard not having that is terrible. <laughs> Any way you look at it, and Richmond 
will probably be a point guard type role. But Gerard's going to have to play 35, 40 minutes as he did this year, and Beheim's going to have to play 40 minutes. And the guard spot is a terrible situation, but I don't see a scenario where Jim Beheim welcomes in someone and gives them the appropriate playing time that you would have to promise someone for them to come to Syracuse in the first place because there are plenty of other schools out there that these kids could go to. And based on what Syracuse has done with their bench, I don't think it's very enticing right now. And the thing on top of that as well is when you look at the prospects of playing at Syracuse, I mean, it isn't a, okay, I'm going to have to kind of ride the bench for a year because I, I got to wait for this guy to graduate. He's a senior. No, you've got young guards. Buddy Beheim's going to be a junior. Joe Gerard's going to be a sophomore. That's a, a two, three-year waiting process. That's, That's why a these tough guys sell. left. And, yeah. yeah, and guess what? A lot of these guys in the transfer portal – that pretty much gives them one year of eligibility of actually being a starter. You're going to have to go either win a job over a guy who started most of his freshman year, and then on top of that, you're going to have to... So you got to battle with him, and you also got to battle with the coach's son, who, I mean, say what you want, coach's son, but he is actually a good player on top of that, too. So <laughs> sure. that's, that's the whole crazy part of this, too. And then you figure by the time you are a... A senior and in your final year guess what guess who's coming in supposedly this all-world Dior Johnson kid so tough sell right now for Syracuse but if there is a kid who wants to go maybe just play at a higher level maybe they are in a mid-major right now and they just want to go see what see what it's like get a taste of ACC ball they don't care if they're the the eighth ninth man on the bench but they do serve a purpose as being yeah. a backup guard because I think this team needs a backup guard but that's just so tough to to kind of sell right now when these guys are you leave so you have a better chance of playing and I don't know if Syracuse necessarily gives them that right now. All right, it, when we come back, spot. yeah, yeah, when we come back, there are some names that are floating around around the Syracuse program, including one name that they supposedly have already reached out to. We'll get to that on the other side. Okay, so the transfer portal is i mean endless names tim endless names <laughs> yeah. out there I, I mean you're looking at it's like you got someone and you got the scroll and they're just still still pulling away at that scroll because that's how big this transfer portal is for this upcoming season so one of the names that syracuse has already supposedly reached out to is joshua morgan long beach state a center which is an interesting thing because we just talked about the need for a guard on this team but it's going to be tough to sell but it's also tough to sell at the center position, too, for Syracuse. <laughs> because, all right, you're going to go in and compete with three other guys. Listen, there's one center position. There's two guard positions. Yeah, that's what happens when your coach plays seven guys, I guess. It's tough to sell any of these guys. I think Morgan, what is he, 6'11", 195? Yep. Like, mm -hmm. talk about the most classic thing ever. That's who they're after right there. I'm sure that really irks some fans out there. And it kind of irks me because... It's just kind of seems like another project. Now, as Jim Beheim has said, he used to be able to add weight to some of these guys, like a Hakeem Warwick. And Hakeem Warwick, by his senior year, was the perfect 2-3 zone anchor and was able to get out to the corner to block that shot in the national title and had length and had size. Now, Morgan maybe can add weight to him, but you certainly have to because that's what they haven't done here in the past. The interesting thing is with Joshua Morgan is that 
defensively, he kind of seems like you what you would want in a player to anchor the zone. I mean, he's a, a good presence around the rim. He only averaged a little over 25 minutes per game, but he was getting two and a half blocks a game. And that's kind of the, the stereotypical center you want down low for the Syracuse team. And that's why I think maybe he is a decent fit. Former three-star guy, top 200 guy. Who knows? Maybe that maybe the fit is there, but is the playing time there? Is that That's yeah, ultimately he, the question. Right. I don't think it would be next year, but I think they have more of a long-range view on him. He averaged 8.6 rebounds as a freshman, so I think he's worth a shot. If you know, There's a lot of schools after him for good reason. He definitely has some talent there. Another guy I think worth mentioning is Mike Smith at Columbia. We already talked a little bit about uh, Turner over at Bowling Green, who would be great, but it doesn't seem like Syracuse is after him. No words of anyone being after, from the Syracuse side, Mike Smith, who averaged 23 points a game at Columbia. He's Tape's teammate there and was a point guard, so he would really give you some scoring and some guard depth as well. But Michigan and Arizona are after him, and it seems like he's between kind of those two right now. So it shows you that that's a high-profile guy, but I don't think he's coming to Syracuse because, again, same type of thing. They already have a starting backcourt, and he wants to go somewhere and start. Right. And another name that's kind of floated around on the Twitter machine a little bit these past couple of weeks, Caleb Battle has also entered the the transfer portal. Why is that name significant? Well, think last name here. It's it's Tyus Battle's little brother who once upon a time was interested in Syracuse, but it seems like that ship has sailed. I mean, if he wanted to go to Syracuse, he would already be there. And I think it seems so, yeah. like he doesn't want to play in the shadow of his brother. I saw him play this once this year when when DePaul played against Butler and I mean that was a weird game for me, by the way. I mean, it was, <laughs> I saw Jordan Tucker and Caleb Battle, and I was just taken into, like, uh, just a whole whirlwind of Syracuse could have beens that yeah. game. But anyway, I mean, he, I mean, he didn't play a lot for, for Butler. And obviously that's, that's the reason why you'd want to transfer is because you're not getting the playing time, but is there going to be that playing time with Syracuse? He was averaging 11 minutes per game. Jim Beheim, just because he's Tyus Battle's brother, isn't going to necessarily slot him into the starting lineup. That, that's not how Jim Beheim no. works. I'd be shocked if he came. He he said that he didn't want to be Tyus's younger brother, and that's why he didn't come to Syracuse. That's what he told Matthew Gutierrez, our pal over at the Athletic in high school. I don't think that's changed now. And like you said, he's a freshman or going to be a sophomore after however long he has to sit out here. So anyone that's entering the transfer portal after their first year because of a lack of playing time, Syracuse is probably not even on their radar because that's the exact reason why you left. You're going into a situation where it's a young backcourt that's going to be starting for at least two years in Bayheim and three years probably in Girard. So I don't see any shot. Yeah. All right, coming up next, we, we did a little fun thing on, on Twitter the other day where uh, you've probably seen it floating around in other capacities as well. Matching up your birthday, we did the alley-oop. We're going to read some of our favorite entries that were submitted to us. We got over 100 people to, to chime in on this, so we're looking forward to that. That's coming up on the other side on Locked on Syracuse. All right, so over on our Twitter account, at LO underscore Syracuse for the interested people out there, we put up a little thing. You might want to actually pull this out and, and multitask right now, and unless you're in the car. Don't pull out your phone if you're in the car right now. <laughs> but we, we, we lined up 
a number of Syracuse players. You've probably seen this trending in other capacities as well, but we put Syracuse players next to a month, randomly assigned, and then we put them randomly assigned next to a day in a month. So 1 to 31, and then January through December. And your month is the person tossing the alley-oop, and your birthday, the, the number day, is the person who is tasked with executing and, and flushing the dunk. So I'll, I'll start with you, Tim. What, what was yours? Are, are you confident that this is going to happen? No, absolutely not. <laughs> Mine was Barama Sidibe throwing a pass, so I really oh, can okay. stop talking right there. It doesn't matter who's on the other side, uh, but it was CJ Fair, who's one of my favorite players, coincidentally. Okay. This was all randomized. Some people were saying, like, why is Sidibe tossing the pass? Well, I think it kind of makes it funny for one. That's part of the fun, yeah. Yeah, when you do get a a shafted one. And Rakeem Christmas was one of them by Musakita, could toss a pass. Some other people commented and said, why why would you put Christmas not in December? Well, that's a good thought in theory. I I just sort of randomized it, though. And you see what you get, and hopefully you get a good one. But mine was not very good. All right, mine mine was solid. I I had uh, Brandon Trish throwing an alley-oop to O'Shea Brissett. So oh, that's good. I, I I like my odds right there, and and Brissett, I'm definitely more confident in the Brissett side of things. I think, um, just because I I was always a fan of the way he elevated, and, and also one of my favorite Syracuse players. Yeah, as this well, kind of so. got me thinking. I feel, and I know Matthew Gutierrez, who we keep shouting out on this podcast, but he's been doing all those Twitter polls, and he kind of started a best Syracuse dunker thread of sorts. Yeah. They really haven't had that many good dunkers. Like you look on the right side at some of these guys that could throw it down. And Tyler Roberson is like one of the best. Like I don't know who is the best. Alley <laughs> well, he has dunker. that iconic picture too right, from the yeah. Duke game. Yeah, and he's had some memorable ones. But the Johnny Flynn dunk, which Goody was tweeting at, is yeah. an iconic dunk. Warwick is an iconic dunk. Since then, though, like who has been the best dunker for Syracuse? It's really not that long of a list. I feel like. Yeah, I mean. It's weird to say, but Matthew Moyer had some putback dunks. Yeah, like, is it him? I mean, he's not obviously he's not going to go out there and win a dunk contest, but and he's not even um, with Syracuse anymore, so it's hard right, to say. Right, exactly. Him. Yeah, but yeah. he is on. He is in the game. So, so if you <laughs> you land on the seventh of, of of a month, then Matthew Moyer's on the other side. I want to read through some of the good ones here. Um, yeah, uh, I see one right here at K underscore Boyle eighteen. Dave Bing to John Gillen. Don't think that's going to end well for you there, uh, KB. <laughs> um, we've got Andrew Johnson. Did at John Andrew Gillen even dunk? Jo- I don't think no, I've seen it. No, I don't think yeah. so. Um, at Andrew Johns 42, he says, Sidibe to Fab. That Ooh. That's not going to end well for you there. Yeah. Um, Marek to Fair. I think that's actually kind of a cool one. That's from yeah, at Nikki A9. A good guy to throw the pass for sure. But mm-hmm. underrated one. Yeah. You, you see any any out there that you really like? Well, the Barstool Cuse guys responded with who'd they get again? I think it was Sidibe to Fab, right? As well. Let's see. And they said yikes to it, um, which I <laughs> thought was kind of funny. Because, and, and like I thought, when you get Sidibe, you're in a tough spot for sure. I'd say the funniest one we got, though, was I think we even retweeted it um, once it came in. But it was at Alex Nelson eighteen, and he said October thirtieth is ending up in the stands, which is 
Take a moment and try and guess, but it's Sidibe passing to Pascal Chukwu. <laughs> that would not end well. Two guys. That- but is it? That's what I'm wondering. Is it ending up in the stands because Sidibe threw an awful pass, or is it ending up in the stands because Chukwu goes up to dunk, hits the back of the rim, and it goes flying all the way into the stands? Like that. This works two ways here. All right. Yeah. I could see that being one of those where Sidibe throws such a high pass that Chukwu has to bring it down to the ground, and then he goes up for just a flat-footed dunk and misses it, because that's yeah. what he did in his Syracuse career. But then right. again, if he throws a bad pass, I don't think Chukwu's catching it. So what, that's a What is your scenario. ideal combo on this? My, I was thinking about that. I'd probably say, in terms of like signature, would be Pearl to Mello, so that's July yeah. 3rd, but... Maybe the best one would be Sherman Douglas passing to a Mello or maybe even like a Tyler Roberson, as we said, because he's one of the better alley-oop dunkers that we've seen at Syracuse. And Sherman right. Douglas is probably the best passer. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you there. I think that's, yeah, I was thinking like a Sherman Douglas, maybe even like Hakeem Warwick. So what's that? That's, uh, where's Sherman Douglas on this right here? Oh, February, February 20th, right there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a... Uh, that, that I think is is a solid one. Um, there, I mean, I feel like based on the responses we got, there are a lot of June birthdays out there because we got a lot of Dave Bing feedback. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool too. We're, we're forgetting him. Today's date would be Brandon Trish to John Wallace. That's pretty solid. That's, Wallace yeah. would be a good good guy to have on that end. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that was fun. We'll we'll throw more stuff out there, especially if you guys keep responding like that. We got great feedback on all of that, so we'll continue to throw stuff out there. You want to do like a, I don't know. You want to do? We could do a football one. Like yeah, we you're could. At the goal line. You're at the goal line. I saw line. fade route. People were yeah, doing fade route. Um, I'm trying to think what what are some other? I know Syracuse Lacrosse put out a. You gotta have someone assist and then someone finish a goal. So that's kind of taken already, but oh, we could do cool. the football one for sure. Yeah. So we'll we'll get into all that and more throughout the week. And we've got James Zuba tomorrow. So check that out as well. Looking forward to that conversation. I'm going to do a whole state of the program because this is a, a time for reflection, certainly, with Syracuse. And this is a, an interesting time to really get into it as well. So that's coming up tomorrow and maybe even a little bit on Thursday as well. For Tim, I'm Tyler. Be sure to check out the Locked On ACC podcast as well once you're done with this one, and we will talk to you tomorrow.